Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, this is Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle and the host of the Giants Splash podcast. The Giants are hosting the A's Tuesday and Wednesday in the home half of the annual four-game series, and we have a bonus episode for you. Over on A's Plus, my colleagues Susan Slusser and John Shea did a preview of this Bay Bridge series, and we're going to play it for you. They also talk about the 1989 A's and Giants teams that played each other in the Earthquake World Series. I think you'll enjoy it. Here are Susan Slusser and John Shea talking the Giants and A's on A's Plus. Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slesser, and today we welcome back John Shea, the Chronicles national baseball writer. We will take a look at the upcoming Bay Bridge series between the A's and the Giants, and John will tell us about how the Giants have looked lately and how Farhan Zaidi, formerly of the A's, is doing as the Giants general manager. Plus, it's a nice time to reflect on those great 1989 A's and Giants teams. All of that next on Ace Plus. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Today on Ace Plus, we are delighted to welcome in John Shea, the Chronicle's national baseball writer. John uh, is often a regular on this podcast, but uh, we've, we have not seen enough of you this year, John, so <laughs> it's just wonderful to have you back, especially with um, one of our favorite things coming up this week, the, the first in the Bade Bridge series. The A's will be at the Giants Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, how, how do you see this, you know, our, our kind of our favorite Bay Bridge series, uh, especially with the A's still in contention and the Giants maybe playing a little bit better than I think people had expected earlier in the year, but but not, you know, maybe not quite where the A's are. Well, yeah, if, if these teams matched up this time of year, the, the past two seasons, only one team would have had, well, maybe one team would have had something to play for. But now both teams have something to play for. The Giants actually in it, but... I mean, not really, because half the league is in the National League wild card race. I mean, literally, there's seven teams within three and a half games, and the Giants happen happen to be three and a half out. But you know, in the American League, obviously, they have a lot to play for. The A's, uh, all all they have to do is finish ahead of one team in this race, unless Boston makes some kind of crazy run here in the last two months, which doesn't seem likely. But all they have to do is finish ahead of Tampa Bay or whoever finishes second in the Central, Cleveland or Minnesota. The Giants have to finish ahead of a bunch of teams. I mean, half the league, like I said, is involved in this crazy National League wild card race. So 
there's uh, there's something to play for, and that that's pretty cool because uh, you know oftentimes you know the Giants have finished last uh, last couple of years, and the A's had their bad stretch a few years ago where they weren't really in it this time of year. So now suddenly, both teams are in it, and that's that's the beauty of the wild card because otherwise they would not be. Neither is uh, very close to first place at all. Yeah, it's um, it's always tougher when you've got a ton of teams ahead of you. That you know the the baseball people always say, really, it's not the number of games back; it's the number of teams ahead of you. Because when you have to start leapfrogging uh, so many teams and they're all playing each other down the stretch, uh, the math starts to get a little complicated. So uh, you know, obviously, teams really want to just go for the division. Uh, I don't think that's going to be very likely in either case, the way the Dodgers have played, the way the Astros have played. The A's um, have four games against the Astros on this current, essentially, two-week homestand that the A's have. They've got two in San Francisco, and then it's a week and a half at the Coliseum. And, and a kind of a tough one. You know, They've got the Astros coming in, and they've got the Yankees, and then they've got uh, two against the Giants to finish up at the Coliseum. So a fun week, a busy week, but a tough one now. Uh, I know you haven't seen the A's for a while. The thing that's jumped out to me, and you've probably noticed from afar, is the rotation has just been uh, so much better than we ever. They, all spring we kept saying, man, this rotation might not be very good. We spent the offseason going, who's even going to pitch for them? Uh, really, it's turned into the strength of the team. The offense has been dragging, uh, and the bullpen has been erratic, as everyone knows. What, what are your, your thoughts looking at, at the A's current rotation especially with some of the additions they made with Roark and, and Bailey, who will go in, in uh, the second game at San Francisco. That was supposed to be the big question mark coming in. It was a big question mark all last year. You, you knew you had uh, a strong bullpen. You knew you had a, a, a deep and powerful lineup. But in this case, for whatever reason, it's the rotation. You're right. Fires and Bassett have been just awesome since the All-Star break. And, um, you know, without Montas, who's – Got the PED ex- uh, uh, suspension, and uh, I, I, you know, maybe you have uh, Puck and Luzardo coming coming quickly here, uh, and and that'll be good news in September. Um, but it's it, it it's cool to see these uh, lower scored games because uh, the the A's have not been able to, uh, you know, the firepower. You know, the two run homer yesterday, and as we speak, it's Monday here uh, with. Uh, uh, Chapman double almost a home run, and then uh, and then then the two run home run. But but if if uh, if Chris Davis comes around, uh, you know then then you know all bets are off. This is a this is a, a mighty team once again. But that's a really strange thing. He seems healthy, but uh, he, he seems out of rhythm. He, he doesn't have his timing. He's getting fooled. He's swinging at balls out of the zone what, what, what do you see there do you do you see it because that was the one consistency in the lineup you knew he was going to hit 40 home runs collect 100 rbis and hit uh was it 243 247 every year and and uh and this year it's just not happening yeah it's you know the the injuries obviously affected him before the break he is now fully healthy but as man, as bob melvin mentioned in Chicago this week, sometimes when you're injured, you can get into some bad habits when you come back. It can throw your timing off. It's such when you're talking about hitting, a, you know, a big league fastball or a breaking pitch, you're talking about, you know, just fractions of an inch here and there, something different with your setup, with your swing, and of course your timing, just a, a millisecond off, and you're just not going to barrel the ball. And I, that's what we're seeing. We've seen a lot of, um, you know, he's he's actually hitting the ball better, but he's just not quite there. He's not quite barreling the ball up. He's having good at bats, 
much better at bats recently. He's taken some walks. He's getting some big singles. He's mixing them in. But that is not what the A's need. They need that big threat in the middle of the order. And the fact, you know, he volunteered to move down the lineup, which uh, Mm. to take some pressure off him. And he felt like other people could do the job better. And kudos for him for recognizing that and suggesting it. Um, Shows no ego. Shows he's a team guy. But uh, without as much a threat in the middle of the order, that affects Matt Wilson. His numbers have been a little bit down recently. And uh, it clearly has affected Matt Chapman. You can pitch around Matt Chapman a little bit more. You can pitch around Matt Olson a little yeah. bit more when you don't have Chris Davis swimming, swinging the bat well. They need him to get on on track. The fact he is have stuck right in contention with Chris Davis doing very little power-wise and with Trinan and Trevino really not getting on track at all. You know, they've been waiting for them for months and months and every it's you know, it's a half step forward and two step backs two steps back it seems like. But it's pretty extraordinary. Uh and if they get any of those guys, but especially Davis, to come back even part way to where they usually are, they could be they could be in pretty decent shape because she's they've essentially managed to do it without them for, for months now. Yeah, it seems uh it could be one of Bob Melvin's best managing jobs, given all that you just said. We say that a lot. You know, you look and, at the and no Loriano right now, who really had been their hottest yeah. hitter and most electrifying player, the guy who kind of was getting things going. You know, especially late in games, he's got, you know, kind of that plays with that passion and had the knack for the big hit. And uh, you know, he's out until you know. I, I'm going to say a safe assumption, maybe early September. That's a huge blow. And here the A's still are just hanging around. They will not go away. They've got a chance. And you look at their schedule. They don't play any more wild card uh, candidates. Uh, but you know, like you said, Houston and New York. They play eight against the Astros. I think six against the Yankees. But otherwise, they play all losing teams. Then again, the Rays, who are right there with the A's in the wild card uh, uh, race, uh, are in the stretch of playing 21 straight games against losing teams. So uh, the schedule seems to be somewhat, uh, you know, equal for those teams. And uh, you know, the Cleveland and, and Minnesota just got done playing a four-game series. You know, Cleveland had the, you know, did, did better. And that, that's the only race, the only division race in in the league right now. They're they're tied for first place, but. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking if you know maybe the season goes as Chris Davis goes, maybe he'll hit he'll hit his two two forty seven again and and all that. But 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 then again, he he has seventeen home runs, and we're talking Giants A's right going into the series. That would be number one on the Giants, <laughs> and he's having a, he's having his worst year yeah. in, in Oakland. So that that goes to show you how how these two teams are built. Uh, you know, one for power and one not so much for power. Yeah. They got to rely on other things and and. Uh, um, anyway, so it's it, it it'll be a, a nice little two game series, but but more than that, uh, like you said, the A's have a, a stretch here where they play Houston and, and the and the Yankees. So, man, if they can finish, you know, five hundred through that, they're they're in decent shape. They are, and you know what? Hey, Matt, as uh, somebody asked me in the the reluctant A's mailbag that I just posted, somebody asked me maybe should Chris Davis consider cutting his hair like Matt Chapman. It seemed to work for Chapman. Hits the homer, almost hit one, hits one out in the the final game at Chicago. Essentially, did it just kind of got hauled back in a little bit? Uh, uh, yeah, why not? I, I love Chris Davis's hair, but you know maybe it's time to 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 sacrifice it for a, for I guess a bigger bigger cause if he if he wants to consider that. Um, That's funny. By the way, the DH uh, in the National League 
Park, uh, w- w- what's Chris Davis's role? He, you know what, the, he played so well in the field in Pittsburgh. You know, he looked actually really solid. He's always been a decent uh, outfielder in terms of being able to go and get the ball, make the plays mm-hmm. he should. It's always just been that arm, but he actually made some good throws in that series. But making a superb catch in foul territory up against the wall, he, he incurred that side injury, which really has mm. impacted his his season uh terribly uh, he's not going to play in the field in a national okay. league game and i i, I get i'm guessing it might not ever play in the field again as a result um which is a shame uh but he's just too valuable for the a's even when he's struggling that they're not going to try it so he will be he, I, I guarantee you he will be getting some at bats he will be coming off the bench but he will not not be in the field the good thing is for from the a's perspective is uh, Chad Pinder's been playing very well in the outfield. He's always a very good outfielder, and he's also um, hitting the ball better than he has all year. So uh, he might be a little bit of a wild card in the, in that series. Um, Robbie Grossman's getting on base. He has some good options out there. Uh, Canna always likes to mix things up in San Francisco. I think the That's Giants right. fans have kind of um, figured out that he's a, got a lot of personality um, and loves to play the Giants, who he, he grew up rooting for. Uh, so we might see some. Who we see a bat flip against Bumgarner? I don't know what, what oh. would happen if he, if Mac, Max Muncy got that kind of reaction. What is uh, Mark Canna going to do? They're going to be looking out for that. So uh, he's with Loriano out. He's he's doing a nice job in center and and uh, <laughs> almost providing as much personality and passion <laughs> as Loriano, which is tough to do. Um, and it, it's of course we should mention, you know, it's uh, 2019. You've done some really nice work um, writing about memories of those 1989 teams, uh, especially the Giants, who wrote a really nice piece coming up. Uh, these series have really got to remind you of the, you know, really special season for for both teams in 1989. Yeah, I was at the uh, Giants' little uh, get together the night before their reunion at a downtown hotel, and just uh, hearing some guys talk. Yeah, I mean, their thing was winning the pennant. Obviously, they got swept by the A's, so there wasn't a whole lot of talk about the World Series. Uh, it was, a, you know, quite a season to win the division and then beat the Cubs in, uh, was it five games with, you know, Will Clark going off, et cetera. Um, but but uh, the, the few things I did hear about the World Series, it's, you know, we, we faced Dave Stewart and then Mike Moore. And then we face Dave Stewart and Mike Moore again after the 10-day earthquake break. So it's like, wait a minute. You, you spend all this time, you get to a World Series, and then you face Dave Stewart twice in four games, and he's like the best pitcher in baseball? That was unfair. But they were – I mean, they, they, obviously the A's were a much superior team back then, and, uh, you know, the firepower was, was all around. I mean, I I love covering those A's. I, I did so back in 89, and – I remember Walt Weiss telling me, uh, you know, you you go, you walk in a room with Conseco and these guys, you think you're traveling with Elvis. It it was that powerful stuff, you know, and that included going into New York hotels and Boston hotels, wherever they went, they were just a big thing. And, you know, all the tabloids in New York would send a bunch of people out to cover these guys because they were such a big story, including the day Conseco was, uh, uh, a photo was taken of Conseco coming out of Madonna's apartment. And uh, you know that that was quite a story—a weekend series A's in uh, in New York, and uh, there's Jose in Manhattan with Madonna, and that that, that was you know, looking back at at that season, you know, I just can't get over the parallels because uh, there there was so much to uh, the Giants and, and A's 
you know, both kind of struggled coming out of the gate. But when you look, you know, step back and look at the, the, the season, there, there were a lot of parallels and, um, you know, including the, the mid-season acquisitions of Ricky Henderson, who just showed up and made that great A's lineup greater. And across the bay, the Giants picked up Steve Bedrosian to solidify their their bullpen. He was a lights-out closer at the time. And, you know, both both had starting pitchers at the All-Star game, Dave Stewart, of course, and Rick Russell, who gave up that uh, Bo Jackson home run that people keep talking about. In fact, the first two batters at the All-Star game, Russell gave up home runs to Bo Jackson and Wade Boggs in Anaheim. Uh, you know, in the, in the league championship series, you know, Will Clark, obviously, uh, with the grand slam off Maddox and then the big, uh, you know, uh, home run that or the big line drive up the middle against the uh, wild thing, Mitch Williams, uh, you know, clinched that series. But at the same time, Ricky was going off with his eight steals and his seven walks and, and winning the uh, MVP in the ALCS against uh, was Toronto, I think. And uh, so it's it, it, it was an amazing time. And then both met up in the World Series and the A's winning the first two in Oakland. And then, then at 5.04 p.m. when, uh, uh, you know, Willie Mays was set to throw out the first pitch and, uh, you know, the A's were thinking about winning game three. The Giants were thinking about changing the momentum. You know, we all heard, uh, well, I was there, but those who, who watched on TV heard Al Michaels uh, in the moment say, I think we're having an earth. <laughs> I was watching. I, I recall I was being very confused initially, and then the phone started ringing from the newspaper. Get to work, get to work. <laughs> Yeah, that was something. And then, uh, and then I, I was in the very last row at Candlestick Park, just speaking with an editor, uh, going over some pregame planning. Literally, the last row behind the plate. So I kind of turned when I heard and felt the earth move, and I just saw like section after section kind of wave across the the landscape. It was it was quite intense. And then a huge cheer of all things. A huge cheer from people who uh, knew better, knew that, uh, knew when they felt an earthquake, and you know this was a big one, maybe not the big one, but a big one, of course. And um, you know, after 15 seconds, uh, people said, "Okay, let's play ball." You know, yeah, yeah, right. And I, I, it's funny because so much of the New York media left because they'll say we're not going to play for 10 days. They left and they did not come back until. Oh, two when the Giants were in the World Series again. So many New York reporters said, "Yeah, I haven't been here since '89. I didn't think I'd ever come back." <laughs> That's so they felt a little differently than uh, we did because we're used to it and they weren't. Well, you um, you mentioned a little bit the moves they made that that uh, summer. As a somebody who's around the A's all the time, obviously, and and uh, knowing Farhan's ID well. I need to ask you, what do you think of the job Farhan did this year at the trade deadline? I think A's fans are probably curious um, what somebody who covers both teams a lot and spent a lot of time during the trade deadline with your kind of ear to the ground. Uh, what do you think about what he did, what he might have done and chose not to do? How did he do for his first year with the Giants? Well, I think he's doing pretty well. There were a lot of questions in that first week. Why do you have Connor Joe and Michael Reed in the opening day lineup? And, it, you know, for him, it was just kind of a daily tryout people were coming and going and you know you, you write about a guy one day um and uh, you know they were they were quite horrible in the first half and then july came and they were the best team in baseball they started hitting and 
everything came together and that put pressure on Farhan instead of blowing up the whole team he said hey you know half the half the fan base saying let's go for this the other half questioning you know do you really go for this or you know do you get rid of these guys including Bumgarner and uh and and just look at the future because this is a lost season but it's never really a lost season with uh, two wild cards as we now know but yeah at the at the deadline he did trade three or four relievers Sam Dyson and former A's lefty Drew Pomeranz and and his his greatest achievement maybe since day one was getting rid of Mark Melanson and getting the Braves to pay $18 million his entire contract. That That's was extraordinary. That, that really is extraordinary. Yeah. I don't know what kind of voodoo he used there, but that was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. People who saw Melanson on a daily basis said, well, they're going to have to eat a lot of that contract. They can't, you know, he's probably the most untradeable reliever because nobody's going to want that contract. And here are the Braves. We'll take the whole contract. Thank you. Uh, so it's so with that money, maybe there's some momentum to bring Bumgarner back next year as a free agent. Who knows? But the, he also DFA Joe Panic, very popular second baseman who was on the 14 World Series championship team and brought in Scooter Jeanette, who's got a lot more power but doesn't play defense like Panic. But so with all those moves, they, you know he he acquired a laundry list of prospects. So he got he got that done, and you know you remember Farhan with the with the A's and. The, a lot of people who didn't know him always said, oh, he's just a numbers guy. There's no emotion. Uh, he doesn't listen to scouts. Well, you, you and I both know that's not true. Uh, you know, he always had a pretty good relationship with scouts in the room and listened to them and just didn't blow them off. And so here's the trade deadline, 2019. Not only does he keep Bumgarner and Will Smith, the all-star closer, in Bruce Bochy's final year, but he writes a letter to the fan base, the season ticket holders, and explained everything he did. I mean, you, who, who would have thunk it? Uh, basically saying, yeah, you know, I've, it's been an emotional year and doing my best. And uh, we, we traded this relievers because we think we have depth at that position. Uh, so he called up some guys, you know, hard-throwing relievers from AAA. But we kept Garner smith We're still going for it and exciting to, to, to see what goes on in these next few weeks. And, so he did Bochi a favor by keeping Bumgarner. Bumgarner didn't want to leave, and Bochi didn't want him to leave. Uh, you know, I mean, Bochi at least wants a, a competitive team out there, and without Bumgarner, they would not have had a decent starter other than Samarja. And Samarja's look good, and Bumgarner's look really good. So suddenly they're you know, they're treading water. They're doing okay, uh, three and a half games out in the wild card race. But like you said, there are six teams ab- above them, and so they're long shots. But at least. Uh, they're playing competitive baseball. Yeah, more fun to be in it than not. And I think the A's thought that they had a shot at Will Smith. They certainly had interest. Um, I guess the Giants needed to hang on to him for hitting purposes. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll get to see some of, that, some of that this series. But I think my favorite thing that I'm most looking forward to uh, is in the first game on Tuesday, of course, is Brett Anderson hitting versus Madison Bumgarner. Because as you know, Brett Anderson is four for six this season, which might be the most extraordinary baseball statistic uh, I know because uh, Brett Anderson, I, I make fun of Brett Anderson, but Brett, Brett Anderson makes even more fun of Brett Anderson than I do. I think Dallas Braden put it pretty well the other day when he said something about Brett can barely stand up. He's so uncoordinated. And somehow he is four for six and set an A's record for most hits by a pitcher in the DH era. Um, who'd have thought it? Tim Hudson, wow. all those great, you know, Tommy Malone, guys who really could swing the bat. And it's and it's Brett Anderson who's got it. So I don't know. You know, we all know about Bumgarner hitting, uh, but Brett, all lines on Brett Anderson, I think, in game one. 
Well, if he, I mean, the the, the most amazing stat of the year the, across the bay, Will Smith, one at first career at bat, first career hit, first career extra base hit, first career RBIs. <laughs> I mean, he's he hasn't held a bat uh, forever, yeah. and suddenly, I mean, yeah, I I, I do like. Uh, you know, the I, I would not like to see a universal DH, and the, the, there's momentum toward that. But, but I still kind of like uh, uh, pitchers having something to do with it, even though sometimes, especially these days, when they're told to just stand up there and don't swing, that's kind of silly because, uh, uh, you know, Bumgarner's last start, I think he was on base three times, and he was a huge factor in the game. Not everybody is Bumgarner, but at least you could try to put down a bunt. At least you could work on that. Uh, you know, good athletes shouldn't be getting hurt by running to first base or rounding second or swinging the bat. Uh, they should be flexible and durable enough uh, as a professional athlete to, to get those simple things done. You've, like, you've seen Brad Anderson, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> come on, he gets he's an on-base he, machine. He gets hurt fielding balls. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I am a big I, I like the DH I like seeing guys that can hit versus guys who who can't really um, but I gotta say I, I I've really enjoyed this Brad Anderson stuff I love the Will Smith stuff uh, and of course Bumgarner's a, a delight so uh, I'm kind of liking it from a hitting standpoint I am yeah. I'm, I, I am liking the way this this what are we calling it now is it our Oracle Oracle something what, what's it yeah Anthony? park yeah yeah so it's I not Oracle Arena it's Oracle that. Park yeah. Good stuff, John Shea, as always. Um, you are welcome and at A's Plus anytime, all the time, and we hope to talk to you before the end of the season. Maybe we'll talk and be talking to you close to playoff time. Thanks for joining us on A's Plus. Great. See you at the ballpark. Our thanks again to John Shea for joining us on A's Plus. His work, like mine, can be found on www.sfchronicle.com. And he is also at John Shea Hay on Twitter. Our producers today were Alan Johnson and King Kaufman. We will be back later in the week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at slusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.